0: This is Mind Wars. I'm Chris Ryan, and on today's show, I got Renette Strahlhofer. If I'm pronouncing that right, That's right. <laughs> Um, Renette is doing some fantastic work, and I got her on today. Uh, is in the she's exposing five G, the Wi-Fi industry, the telecommunications industry. The list goes on and on and on, and it's fantastic. And I literally just came across her work only in the past couple of days through. Uh, I'm a massive fan of, obviously, Max Egan from the Crow House. So, without Max, so thanks, Max. It's a bit of a shout-out to you. Without Max, I wouldn't have actually known you. So, um, it's fantastic. In a couple of days, I'm after getting you on. So, I'm really delighted with that to have you on today. Just before I get to go to you yourself, I just want to read out a small section, actually, off your website, just the About section for people to get a little understanding, and then you can obviously elaborate on it from there. So, on um, Renette's website, which is uh, WeAreNotSam.com, the subheading is in the About section. It says a campaign backed by whistleblowers. And underneath it says scientists, doctors, and ex-insiders around the world are standing up to the telco industry and blowing the whistle against the lies, corruption, and real dangers associated with the 5G rollout. Hashtag WeAreNotSam is a creative campaign for critical thinkers around the world. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. It's lovely. No problem.
0: It's delighted to have you on. Um, so before we get into that itself, for people who don't know you or unaware of you and what you're actually doing as well tell us a small bit about yourself and how you actually got into this industry yourself and what you're actually doing and why you felt the urge or the need to take that action and um, that's that's needed and um, to actually go set up this and, and do exactly what you've been doing
1: yeah so um i'm an ex telco marketer a lot of people like to call me a whistleblower but i was part of the core team of eight marketers that were responsible for rolling out Australia's largest 3GSM mobile network. And it was a huge, huge undertaking for this country because we were one of the first to do it. And it was my job to prepare people for the fact that they'll be able to do picture messaging, video calls, emails on the go, and to get them juiced up and excited for using this technology, which I myself at the time believed was incredible. I got to you know test it out myself. I got to tell all my friends that this was coming and excitement and essentially what had happened is we had 10 months to roll out this network and this was back in 2006 and seven and it was a $1 billion budget. So you know it was incredible to be able to spend that much money on campaigning. And so what happened was three months after the network had been rolled out, we got a router and my husband at the time said to me, look, I'm not feeling well, like I'm not sleeping. I'm quite anxious. Like, I think there's something going on with, your, with this new router. And I said to him, because he doesn't complain. And normally, you know, he, he could be bleeding out and he'll be, I'm fine. So there was something going on. And so that compelled me to go back to work that day and to look into the research. And what I wondered, is there anyone else that's feeling that? And I felt, and so I went into the research database and and what I found was that close to 38% of my market was starting to show that they were concerned with health effects. And so naturally, that is a huge number. I went to my executive director and I said, well, look at this, we we have to address safety. This is a campaign because we look at research to understand behaviors and values so that we can market to that. And when you've got 38% of your market base concerned about health effects, that's immediately that that needs to trigger a campaign, a thought to be able to reconcile those those worries. And so she basically told me to get my foot out of the door. And for those people who know me, that doesn't work. And so it made me go down deeper. And I went to the research department, I had a friend there, and I asked him, what is it that is being hidden here because it should be a simple campaign about safety. We surely have safety. And he said, look, I'll take you up for a coffee. And so we went for a coffee. Do you want to have a conversation internally? And he said, you know, we set our own safety guidelines and that's a huge conflict of interest. I said to him and he said, right, but that's not all. Every mobile phone since the mid nineties have been, has been tested on a plastic dummy filled with liquid they have this really fancy name for it it's specific anthropomorphic mannequin which most people can't pronounce but it's just a very complicated way of saying mannequin which is dummy and i said this 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 can't this can't be true and he said well it is <clears throat> and so this is a rigged test that we're still seeing today that's being you know used for 5g devices that are coming onto the market and essentially what's happened is that in this knowing of this information, when I started to learn this information, I just felt an enormous amount of guilt. And I started just speaking out and asking questions and I I got stonewalled. You know, it was, it was a very quick, um, you know, ripping off the band I said, look, I'm out of here. And I decided to move with my husband to Europe. And I thought, you know, one to two years you know I'll figure it myself out. And it turned out to be nine years later, and I moved back to Australia and I went to my first farmer's market here in Byron and I got handed a stop 5G flyer. And I thought, this is it, it's gone long enough, it's gone too far. And I'd watched them roll out 4G and I'd listened and, and paid attention to all the research papers. I was always doing this as like a side thing that was always heavy on my heart. And what I can say is that. It's not about when you take action. It's always that you just take action. And this is the year, this is the time to do it. And what happened for me is I joined the movement. I've been in this movement now for almost two years. And I said, I'm gonna bring to it what I can do, which is marketing, and started revealing that they're testing on a plastic dummy. I found more and more research because this is not hidden. I mean, anyone can Google SAR test in Google, which is um, specific absorption rate and they'll see the dummy coming up because that's how they measure this dummy. What they do is they fill him up with loads and loads of liquid and they check to see if his head will heat up by more than 1 degree celsius and if it doesn't heat up by more than 1 degree it's deemed safe so the industry get to use their own laboratory they only have to test one device and they don't even use this phone against the ear of a plastic dummy they use it 10 millimeters away they have what's called a spacer and you can see those images on our instagram page we are not sam one word and you'll see that this is how they're testing mobile phones and the scientists that i've gotten to know the top emf Scientists in the world ro- in the world right now across 42 different countries They have been up in arms saying this is not a biological test He does not have skin organs cells none of it. He's not this is not biological So naturally it makes you question. Why did they put in a non-biological rig test? and the answer is so that they could get millions of devices on the market that would never have passed a biological test and why is that what we're seeing right now is an epidemic of people addicted to devices they're so heavily addicted they don't even think they are and the next stage of that evolution is surveillance and that's what we're up against and that's what children's health defense have been advocating you know and 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 trying to explain to the market for so long and this is where we're at if you've got a plastic dummy filled with liquid that is a non-biological test out in the market what you're you know testing phones what you're actually saying is that this whole time we have been the test dummies and there are over two peer peer-reviewed reports that are showing biological harm 2,000 peer-reviewed reports. That is why the top insurers in the world, Lloyds of London and Swiss Re, they will not insure the wireless industry. They deem it as high risk. And that's obvious because there's over 2,000 reports to show that it is a high risk. So what we're facing right now with 5G is a, a whole nother kettle of fish. This is not a movement to say, hey, we've got to stop 5G when we already know that we have to take care of the people that are getting sick from 4G and 3G. But this is to say, you know what, if the safety is not done in the first place, how can we trust any telco or governing body to do their job and take care of our children and women and the elderly? And because this test is actually based on a military recruit. They took a military recruit back in the, in the late 80s and they said that's our ideal mobile phone user and they actually created his body you know the five kilo head it's based on a 100 kilogram man this is the strongest fittest men in our society that is deemed to be the ideal mobile phone user and so even if we put aside the fact that they're testing on a plastic dummy filled with liquid as you know sam specific anthropomorphic mannequin Even if we just use the fact that they're only going based on a six foot, two tall, 100 kilogram, five kilo head adult male, that's only 3% of the population, which means that 97% of the population are absolutely disregarded when it comes to safety. So children, women, elderly, disregarded. And what we know from science is that children absorb 150% more radiation than this dummy Sam. So our campaign, which is called We Are Not Sam, is a very clear message to the governing bodies and to the industry that we are not dummies. Um, in every sense of the word you cannot test us as if we are and also we're not going to let you get away with this and so i'm going to take a pause because as you can see i like to ramble on about this subject
0: <laughs> yeah no you're doing fantastic it's, it's a pleasure just to listen to you i'm just uh in a bit of awe just listening to what you're actually saying it's, it's fantastic but no i do agree with what you're saying um and i mean the industry is rigged for a long long time I mean, a trillion dollar industry it's gotten bigger than big pharma um, plenty of people think Big Farm is a big one, of course, with all that the COVID nonsense going on at the moment and the alleged pandemic and all that. And they go oh, big farm must be pushing the biggest. But it's actually the like what you're saying, the telecommunications industry, Silicon Valley, all these people themselves collaborating together. I mean, it it's madness. If you in here in England at the moment, um there's been, you know, people have applied to politicians and they said, Hey, look, we need to just just take a moratorium on this, just take a bit of a timeout, see what's actually happening. And you either get this copy and paste email back to them, and all, all they're saying basically back to you is that, um, well, we refer to Public Health England, and Public Health England says it's A-OK, 5G is fine, no radiation, nothing to worry about, or it's within the guidelines. Explain to us what these guidelines, and how, so how out of touch these actual guidelines are for people, because if people kind of get the email back of a politician or, or a counselor or something, like that they feel like, well, okay, it, it's it's off Public Health England, most people just feel this kind of safety net in their head. Go, well, okay, they must have done the testing. And people just walk away and accept that uh, email and kind of go, okay, public health England says it's okay, then it must be okay. And there's many public health Englands across the world um, screaming off the very same narrative, off the same uh, hymn sheet.
1: That's right. The governing bodies, I mean, there's so many reports out there that show that there's a backdoor to the telcos from these governing bodies, but these, this particular test and these safety guidelines, they're over 30 years old. So, the way that they developed these guidelines was based on the idea that you would not hold your phone against your body, not against your ear, not in your back pocket, not you know on your arm when you're going for a run or in your breast pocket, where we see a lot of people carry their devices. It was spaced that's why it's called a space it was spaced away from him because the idea was that you would hold it in a holster now go up to most people today and ask them what a holster is and they won't even know or they've forgotten what it even looks like but the idea is that these devices were meant to be carried by a six foot two tall 100 kilogram five kilo head male with a holster is obvious that it's 30 years outdated because now we're putting devices which you know ipads are just oversized iphones really um on the laps of children in schools and you know we are on our devices for work on you know against our ear in our pockets i mean there's very little in terms of how they develop the safety guidelines that actually is appropriate in everyday use so one of the safe tech tips we always say is you know there's a lot of this and we can get into that but Away from the body that is so key that your device is not on your body because the top four diseases that kill our children and young adults are thyroid cancer rectal um, What was it was um, a testicle cancer and um, brain tumors. So every every everywhere we put our mobile phones. And that is not a coincidence that the top four diseases that kill our kids are where we put our mobile phones. So what are we doing with safety guidelines when we know there's over 2,000 peer-reviewed review, peer reports showing biological harm? We know that not only males use mobile phones. And so we're very fortunate to have Children's Health Defence, which is by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and it's the 5G Projects being led by Daphne Dechova, in that going, they went to court last week after compiling 11,000 pages worth of evidence, 11,000 pages worth of evidence that these safety guidelines are outdated and that there is harm being caused. So one of the judges has already said that he's inclined to rule against the FCC and this is going to be a monumental case in history because when you can expose that the safety guidelines are Outdated. It makes a lot of these technologies that are being pushed on the market very quickly, it makes them redundant, but it also makes them incredibly dangerous if they are to be switched on. And that's why I want to go into what 5G is and what it looks like and to really paint the picture of the world that they want you to be a part of. And also I think what Chris and I agree with, which is the world that we want you to see as well. And to make that choice, to take that responsibility and to start making action in your own community so i think that would be a great place to yeah to and just on.
0: before we um touch on the 5g itself and what it is and what it's all about and the comparisons between 4g and etc cetera, etc cetera for people because a lot of people have this understanding and um, just talking to the average male or female they have this brief understanding oh it's faster downloads is fastest yada 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 health doesn't come into their head at all but just before we touch on that itself i mean you'll be well aware of this as well is the fact obviously you know in over the last couple of years hundreds the top scientists, the top doctors from around the world have been going to the likes of the WHO, the United Nations, all these organizations with massive, massive amounts of you know, uh, documentation say, hang on a second, this is completely out of touch. This is far from safe. I mean, and still to my knowledge, unless you have any information that's there's still not to be done about that. It's just be kind of left on, 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 a, on a pile or a heap and it's just there and that's kind of it. So what you're saying with um, you know, children's health defense, I mean, that would be, as you say, monumental. If that can go ahead, that'd be fantastic. How awful are you?
1: Yeah, yeah that's, I'm very, very happy to see how they're tracking with that. And it's going to take some time to get that resolution, but at least it'll go on record and people will always be able to know that that effort was made and, and to see what result came out of it. But, you know, this, the, the great majority of regulators, they work on the premise that until there is concrete scientific evidence that an agent can cause harm, it is assumed safe. And that, you know, you think back to asbestos and tobacco, that was the same thing. And the underlying presumption of, you know, innocent until proven guilty, it favours the wireless industry and it forces independent scientists to undergo extensive trials and judicial reviews, which can take decades before any action is taken. So this is really history repeating and it's negligent and it's so reckless in the extreme. But the fight back has to start here because, You know, we are uniting, like you said, Chris, with a really diverse global movement that's working on creating a future, you know, away from wireless harm and a future where people and the planet do come first. To do this, we're actually having to advocate for real safety standards and we have to challenge corporate abuses and we have to move towards a future with safe technology. We're definitely not about, you know, saying you've got to put away your technology. We're just, there's so many ways to use it safely and there are technologies that can come onto the market if they pass a proper safety test. So, and and that's really where this campaign is at its most effective is... Getting people to create, you know, to, to have behavioral change and to really look at their lives and say, do I sleep with my mobile phone next to my bed? Am I constantly on my phone when I should be paying attention to my partner or my children or whoever it might be? Because we're so addicted to that dopamine hit, which is so engineered, by the way, it's engineered for addiction, there is no doubt. And because we're so connected to what is artificial, we're almost entirely missing what's real and what's natural. And so we have to break away from this paradigm.
0: Yeah, no, exactly what you're saying is 100%. And uh, I remember even back in the day, I mean, it was decades ago, but um, they had the, the tobacco industry and the doctors were <laughs> promoting the tobacco industry. I mean, it, it's, it's just insanity. But what you're saying about as well is right about addictions and you know the dopamine hit and all that as well. I know um, even from, from working in places as well and building sites and stuff like that around the world, uh, people that say, oh, they're not, they're not addicted to their phone, we don't need it, I'm okay without it today. And I've seen on so many occasions worked with so many people over the past, for whatever reason, if they come in to work that morning, get up late and for some reason, they leave their phone and charge the night before, they come in, no charger, et cetera, et cetera, And for the whole day, their phone is dead. And for the whole day, they can't go home till five or six o'clock the evening. And the behavioral change in that person throughout the whole day, is enormous. I mean, it's like they're a different person because it's like this ish, this addiction needs to go back for that hit again. And because they can't get to get that hit, they're erratic, their behavior drastically changed. I've noticed it so many times. It wasn't just one off this crazy person or something that had a huge addiction. It's a vast, vast majority of people have this there. And I've seen it loads of times myself. I'm sure you've witnessed that as well. With when it comes to that uh, area that people say, No, I'm okay. I, I don't need my mobile phone, I, I'm all right. But I mean, even things like leaving the, the phone out of your room at time I noticed a difference myself in the past. When I've left it out of the room. I, my head doesn't, my head feels a lot better to fall on more. And otherwise I feel, I wake up not with a pain in my head if it was in the room or next to me and all that. And people, you know, if they don't put on a flight and what et cetera, et cetera. And you feel this kind of tingling in your head and it just doesn't feel right. And I, all I can put it down is, is to the waves that's, that's going around the radiation and the wifi blasting out through your, while you're asleep, of course, and all that as well. So yeah, it's definitely um, something that people should pay attention to by all means. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I totally agree. And And I think more and more people are becoming aware that, you know, the attention like gathering around a table with friends or even with family and just seeing the phones come on the table you know get your fork your knife your phone it's like an an additional cutlery piece and i mean i myself i mean i have these heated discussions i guess with my father because he's always on his phone and i say to him like you've got a phone in your hand as if it's a grenade and you're afraid to just let it go And that is really how we're seeing things. And and we did this piece on our um, Instagram highlights about addiction and what those photos look like so that people can recognise what they're seeing as addiction because most people don't think that what they're seeing is an addictive behaviour. So it was incredible artists that actually took photos of people without their mobile phone and it was just showing like the everyday scenarios of... How people look in certain, you know, in certain in certain places, like in the kitchen or, or in a cafe or with friends, and noticing the behavioral change and wondering why we're unable to concentrate very well because we're so fixated on a blue screen that we're not really seeing what's happening around us or those around us. And it's a really interesting but um, quite a controversial way to look at this agenda of, you know, getting us addicted to devices. Because the, the real issue here with 5G is not so much that, oh, you're going to be able to download a movie a minute and give you faster internet access. This is millimeter wave technology. This is what they acknowledge themselves is going to create unprecedented societal change. And why is that? Because right now you might have your mobile phone and your laptop and your speakers um, and your baby monitor or a few of these type of things and they can speak to each other but in the world of 5G it's called the internet of things which means there will be microchips and antennas in almost everything that you own whether it's your water bottle or your bed or your phone or your mirror everything will create will be you know traceable but also interconnect into the you know onto the internet and so for those people that say oh well you know i've got nothing to hide or they don't understand the essence of, of privacy and also of the intensity of that many beams wiring and firing at, in all angles. And that's sort of another angle to this campaign is that if we really don't stand up for safety all these devices will become internet driven devices. So it's no longer just your mobile phone. Your mobile phone is a remote control for this type of dystopian world where everything about you can be known because everything that you use is giving information.
0: Yeah, and right. it's,
1: you know, it, is, it is quite crazy. And um, it's just unfortunate that most people think it's just faster speeds. It couldn't be further <laughs> it's it's from madness here.
0: because, um, You know, I mean, the smart meters themselves. you know, as I said to people, anything with the word smart on it. I mean, they all obviously the agenda and we don't have to go down the route of agendas or any of that kind of stuff. But I mean, a part of agenda 2030 and all this kind of stuff that they go they lead us into of course is the smart cities the smart grid 5g is the key member to unlocking this kind of stuff and i believe obviously 5g is just a stepping stone it's kind of a temporary addition because you're going to get your 6gs and you're going to go on from there but this is the kind of thing that will lead us into the, the mainframe of all this kind of stuff uh, mm-hmm. uh, just the future for us down the road but i mean the smart meters i mean there's lampposts here in england and there's the led ones with the antennas i mean it's complete they can 3d map your homes i mean People What's said that? to me, like about you know, the smart mirrors. I said, the smart mirror is the same thing as well. It says, oh, but they said it's, it's, it's lesser energy. And I says, it's not lesser energy. It's, it's market and sold, And you are in that industry from the past as well. It's sold in such a way to you that people just seem to buy it and, and that's it. And once in your house, says, they know when you turn on a kettle, how long you're in the toilet, or did you flush the water, um, how many of you is actually in the house. You know, I mean, what time you go to bed at night. I mean, if you're sleeping, okay. I mean, it goes on and on and on. This actual surveillance that it is. I mean um, and we can touch I mean the environmental issue I've often seen videos on YouTube in different places where they had a smart meter outside in the wall and all the hedging area around it died it was completely brown uh, the insects everything the wildlife and last let's say 20 years or so has been dramatically decreasing I mean wh- what's your thoughts on the environmental aspects and have you find people are speaking up about this because it's kind of narrated in a different way
1: Yeah, well, there's two things to touch on when it comes to the environment. And a big one um, I'll go into is about the bees, like, you know, big question of to be or not to be, really. Because um, there are studies that actually show that after 10 days of exposure of mobile phones with a frequency of what's, you know, 900 megahertz, for 10 minutes a day, honeybees actually never return to their hives. And queens produce fewer eggs, you know, compared to their control colonies. So radiation from mobile phones and towers is actually frying the navigational skills of our honeybees. And to put that into context, the telcos intend to crank up the frequencies to 27 gigahertz by mid next year. That's 27 times more powerful than the frequency that this study is based on. So we've got to remember our bees produce the majority of our fresh food supply. So if they go, so does our fresh food supply. And people have to start questioning, well, um, okay, so where will I be able to go to eat fresh food or to switch off when I go camping or to the waterfalls or to the ocean or to the holiday destination where you can feel your, you know, the amazing energy of nature, you won't be able to go to those things. And the biggest industry that is at risk from 5g and this is probably something that i haven't talked about before is actually the wellness industry the wellness industry whether you're selling vitamins or kombucha or nature retreats or whatever it is if you're an influencer that talks about some natural product or some natural way of doing things all of these all of these products, all of these speakers and influencers, they're at risk because of 5G. There will be no wellness when you're being radiated on that level. There will be no wellness. So if these industries don't learn to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to align with this movement to try to prevent 5G from coming because I won't be able to offer wellness. You won't be able to. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, people suggesting that... Um, you know, that you hear a lot of people saying about the the electricity, you know, and, and saving on electricity and all that. And the truth is that China Telecom actually said that their costs of five G electricity were ten times higher than their profits for two thousand and nineteen for five G. So how is that a sustainable idea? It's just not. It's not sustainable at all. When we're predicted by twenty twenty five to twenty thirty that 5G will be like, it'll be a quarter of the um, the world's energy supply going into this technology. This is insane. And you've got the idea, in, I mean, this they're openly talking about this. They want 500 billion devices connected to the internet by 2030. 500 billion devices. So imagine... All those devices talking to each other, knowing all that information about you, and it's really you know Edward Snowden said this he said that a child born today will will, will grow up with no conception of privacy at all you know they 'll never know what it means to have a private moment to themselves, an unrecorded, unanalyzed thought and that's a problem because privacy matters, and privacy is what he says allows us to determine who we are and who we want to be and when you've got that much surveillance and that much tracking of what you're doing, and this is already beginning to show now in, you know, in the last year, then what we're up against right now is we all have to come together and not divide, but come together on a common cause and say, you know what, this is where we draw the line. You know, we draw the line here and stand in our power and stand in our sovereignty because if we do not stand in our power and sovereignty it will be taken away thanks to this technology
0: yeah no i agree and unfortunately the likes of elon musk and bill gates and the likes and of course you know the world economic forum so on and so on shooting all this stuff up into space and beaming it back down is creating this like when you talk about the wellness and going at nature and and people are saying where can i get away from it if i'm out in nature in a forest maybe i'm away from it now because i'm not my devices at home but like you're rightly so and what you're saying as well is like that won't be even an option in time to come because it's such a mesh of radiation a fireball that's going to engulf the whole planet earth as we know it and this is what they're quite happily rolling out and very little pushback in areas, or the pushback I've seen, it just goes unnoticed because of the trillion dollar industry, the ADR and the power that they have and the money behind them and what they own and the people they have in their pockets and the lobby groups, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very, it's definitely an uphill uh, struggle and I'm sure you've found that yourself. I mean, since you started as well and all this, how did you, what is your biggest challenge? I mean, what were the pushbacks like? I mean, have you been getting plenty of like uh, labels thrown at you and so on and so on? Has it been difficult? Um, what, what's that feeling like itself? Have you felt you went one step forward and all of a sudden you're, you're two steps back with, with different people coming against you? Or has it been pretty, you know, nice and easy and a nice progression moving forward but that people have uh, welcomed you along the way?
1: Well, I, I was very lucky. I mean, I've got an amazing team that I work with and we've set the foundation of this campaign by making sure that all the top EMF scientists around the world would step in and advocate for this campaign. It was advocated by Children's Health Defence, by the top EMF scientists, so that when we came out, they struggled to try to censor us and to say that this is false news, because everything we offered to the public was based on scientific research papers, scientists, legal cases, everything. So we set the context to this campaign so that it was as bulletproof as we can. But of course, with algorithms and Instagram and Facebook, they were shadow banning us heavily. But people who want to find information and people who are willing to share information, that information will get through. And I'll tell you something about marketing, because I think this circles back into what we can do and what I did. And that is this. When I went to my first marketing class, when I started university, I had this incredible lecturer and he became my tutor as well and he said he told a story and he said look if you cannot resonate with this story you will not be able to do marketing and he said that he lived in a small town where his uncle owned the only hairdressing salon for 25 years it was joe's hairdressing salon he had a big sign and it said 20 dollars haircuts and everybody went to joe's and so A new salon was putting up, you know, everybody started finding out about this new salon that was opening up in town and they were going to be selling $5 haircuts. So naturally everyone's going to Joe and saying, Joe, I'm not going to be paying you $20 when the guy down the road is opening up for $5 haircuts, he's got a massive sign out the front. So the day came when that hairdressing salon that was competition to Joe finally opened up and they, you know, people were going in, and and Joe came in that day to work and he took down his $20 haircut sign and he had a new sign and he put it up and it said, We fix five dollar haircuts for $20. Welcome to marketing. And this is what we are really up against. We're up against perception. We're up against clever marketing campaigns and we have to outsmart them at their own game we have to be better and this is where we can do it because social media is the new media it's not mainstream most people think oh mainstream it's not it is always going to be social media so it's how we can cut through all the censorship to get the information to people that want to hear it. And we are doing that and we can do that because the way to win this and to to, to take back our sovereignty and freedoms is through transparency. When people know information, they can do something about it. They can be activated, they can be influenced, they can be inspired, but you cannot do those things if people are unaware. And so this campaign about mobile phones and being tested on a plastic dummy called Sam Showing those images, explaining the you know all, all the information that we think the public need to know, and finding ways to bypass the censorship, it's what makes it interesting. But it's also you know what's what's this is marketing, and we will we will I I genuinely believe that we we will be able to. to to get on a good trajectory with humanity as a result of what's been happening because there are so many more people that are opening up to conversation and we need to get out of the echo chambers you know we can't stay in our little bubbles where everybody agrees with us and we're going to go on this channel over here because everyone agrees with us we all have to become little mini whistleblowers and start you know stepping out and talking to those people that we might think oh we're not sure if they'll be receptive they may be on the fence but The fences is where we actually win the game. It's not the people that have jumped the fence. They're over here with us. It's us getting back onto the fence and saying, hey, we can help you come down here and and show you what we're seeing. And with you, we can change this. And that's what this movement is really about. It's about changing and it's about activating people and creating awareness, but also, you know, for all of that to happen, we have to inspire and not separate, because the minute we separate and say, you don't believe this, I do, you're an idiot, I'm not. This is, this is absolutely an uphill, upstream battle. And so we've got to gently guide. And to do that, we need to create bridges. You know? And this is not one of those campaigns that's gonna reveal everything about the telcos that they've ever done. This is a small bridge that can at least get people to say, that is not right to be testing for 30 years on a plastic dummy i mean that's just not right let's agree on that and then we can start to show them all these other things that are behind the doors you know and you know i I said this when i was talking to max as well i said you know that jim morrison said there are things known and things unknown in between there are the doors and so that is where we're trying to go we're trying to help those unknown you know those unknown spaces become more exposed and so that's why i was so happy when you reached out chris and i've been so happy to be on this call with you
0: yeah, no, and likewise, says it's just so important to get what you're doing, getting out to the masses as well. You're just hoping to hit somebody wherever, Australia, be it the United States, wherever the case is, because you just simply don't know um, who's listening in or who's watching. Um, and it's just it's so vital just to get stuff out there to people as well. I agree with what you're saying. It's like... Uh, we're in this year of a massive great awakening people need to just stop with the differences stop it like oh they're sheep or they're this or they're that or we we've all call them these kind of things as well okay but it's not going to get us anywhere it just separates it's, it segregates all the people like they've done in the past and it's a whole divide and conquer tactic that's been goes back centuries, it's not, it's not something new. And of course, with the lies and the propaganda, the media that's driving all this, I personally would blame the media more than the politicians and the government. They're bad, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'm definitely not on their side by any it means at all. Um, they're right there beside them. But without the media, I really don't think, You know, they get away with so many things with the whole alleged pandemic going on as well. I mean, if you look back even 2009, that area, I think they tried it back then as well with, you know, we'll try another pandemic. And my belief, it could be wrong, my belief, and it was, that back then you see Facebook was so small, uh, Messenger wasn't around, Instagram I don't think it was even around. So you hand all these big, big tech giant glamorites or glamorites around in Silicon Valley to push the narrative worldwide. I mean, billions of people now compared to you know 11, 12 years ago are actually pretty much believing and reading. They're not, they're not going to their TVs as much. They're basically ever on social media, social media night and day all the time. So they're getting their news and that. And, like I said, it's a marketing, just push, push, push. These people pay to get their stuff up on the walls right in front of you. So you don't see the a couple of layers behind it, like the likes of your stuff, say, for example. They want to push all this other narrative stuff inside in it. it. Um, and I've been exposing stuff myself when it comes to what's going on as well. And all these information letters that come from trust the WHO, go to them for advice. And I'm like, <laughs> they're the last people you're going to go for advice if people actually knew anything about them themselves, you know. But, uh, and information is there. Um, people just simply. Either a, it's like they have a firewall up at times, like a computer system, like they have in China, where only so much information is let in to the actual countries, And people's brains seem to work with that as well, no, no matter how much information is there in front of them. Factual, no conspiracy theory stuff it's still kind of a bit of a scratch my head sort of a scenario. So nobody is critically thinking anymore. And that's what I'm trying to do as well by the podcast. It's just to you know, don't even believe what I'm saying. I always make sure everyone is completely uh, fact-checked. And I hate even using that word because I feel like associated with these independent fact-checkers from Facebook and all these people who are not independent and are far from independent. But well, we won't go down that rabbit hole. But... um. In the industry itself, um, just before we wrap up in the next couple of minutes or so, did you find, like, I mean, I know you found corruption, but what kind of levels of corruption did you find that maybe even shocked you yourself on another level? Because most people know governments, uh, you know, industries, they're all corrupt one way or another. But was there anything in particular kind of go, whoa, holy shit, besides obviously Sam, the, the mannequin itself, which is definitely a lot of people I know, um, very little people to nobody I know is talking about that itself. Um, And it's amazing that like, as you say, you know, it's a worldwide people kind of go, well, was it just in this device? Or was it, was it the older ones and not the newer ones? And like what you're saying, no, it's all of them right, right the way through the whole spectrum for the last 25, 30 years or so. So as in regards to corruption, I mean, what was some shocking moments to you in it?
1: Yeah, so for me, the shocking personally was revealing, hey, to my colleagues that I'd worked with for years saying, Did you see, did you hear what I just said? Can you see this? This is valid information. And the choice of cognitive dissonance, the choice to look away because your salary and your family depend on you earning an income from that role and not stepping into that, you know, your integrity and your values, that hurt me the most. And that's what I think, you know, a lot of people who work in pharmaceutical industries or, you know, big telco, There's so much information that is, you cannot explain it, you cannot justify it internally, but there are still people that come to work every single day and do the work. And the work that I was there to do, as well as my colleagues, was to market a product that has been tested on a plastic dummy. And so I had to find that place in me that said, I can't do that anymore. And I left with an enormous amount of guilt. But for me, the corruption is I looked back and I thought a lot of my colleagues stayed for years, years. And that, that's where we have to break away in 2021. This is the year of the whistleblower. This is the year where you have to put yourself forward. You have to step into your integrity and into your values, even if it costs you your job and money and security. Because if you do not do that, then we are going to be herded into a dystopian future. And that for me is the biggest corruption of all, is that when people don't speak out on what they know is true and what they know is wrong, then we cannot change the game. And it is. And it sounds like I'm talking about some virtual reality, but essentially we all play our roles and we have to try to find a better way to do things in our society that doesn't hinge upon, well, I need my job to pay my mortgage and drive my car. And I'm just going to look away from what it is that you've just said to me, because those things are more of a high priority than the truth. And right now, the truth should be everyone's highest priority, because the truth is what's going to determine the kind of future our children have to live in and that is for me a this is this is my why my why is my little boy and he's the reason I do it and when i look at him and i think when i go one day and you know in the future when he calls upon his ancestors and his children call upon his ancestors that there's guidance and there's wisdom in that and and that's why i do this because i truly believe that we have a huge opportunity to unite as a human race towards goodness, towards connection, towards nature. And this is the time in history where we're being called to do that.
0: I agree 100%. And when you mentioned about the kids and all that as well, it might be an eye-opener for some people as well, is the fact, I mean, kids I know, I think is it up to 10 years ago, it could be more, regardless of the age. I've watched lots of stuff and then talked to lots of people that are very well-cluded in a 5G itself. And they've said that a handset, a phone that's held to a child's head um, for literally two minutes, it means that at least two hours afterwards, their brain won't come back to 100% functionality again, just by, two, by having to bite their head by, by two minutes alone. So the wi fis uh, in the schools and all places in Ireland and the place in England that people, fair play them, are getting together and they're getting documentation, sending into these schools saying, look, you were go- the principal teach this school, you will be held accountable for what's going on in this school if anything happens to my kid, so on and so on. Um, I mean how detrimental is because like you said you know with the, with the iPads and all that are just a, a bigger version of your iPhone pretty much it's what the air and it's all connected through the Wi-Fi again and that's the way they're obviously we know they're down the road Um, is the way they want to bring us into all this smart Um, you know anytime you see smart it just sends off red alarm bells straight away for what it is but they're trying to indoctrinate kids because we know in time to come um, they're trying to do away with um, the teacher in the sense that it'll be a virtual um, classroom assessment. You'll be at home, and you know, this won't be next year, and that, but it'll be years down the road. What they're actually, they're already gaming is up for. It's not a conspiracy. It's already works there in the plan. I mean, through this, you know, so called you know, pandemic hoax and stuff we in the moment as well, a lot of schools are off at the minute. And what are they doing? They're doing what they've been talking about, they're going to do in years to come. All the kids are home, and the teacher is at home as well, but they're all doing through, you know, Zoom and this virtual reality environment, and all the headsets and stuff they want on them. But my question on it really is from your research and that, wi-fi itself in schools how like how detrimental is it to kids that are going in there as they say their brains are not fully developed there's up to 150 or 50 percent 150 radiation absorption compared to an adult and i've seen on your website as well that the image that you have of the the adult brain and the you know the the child's brain and the absorption all that i mean it's it's phenomenal like how and this is what we're training our kids up to be even if you're going into like the, the brain function you can also go into the you know the sperm function as well are, are they going to be able to procreate in time to come because it'll have hit their sperm counts so much without actually having a handheld device in their in their actual pocket itself beside their um, areas all that time what you know yeah. how detrimental is that coming because it's literally swarming around the school the corridors the classrooms day in day out and then obviously when they come home there's a very good chance that the parents says in the house they're, they're never getting a break from it yeah. what's the future That's for kids that right. way? yeah
1: And we've been lobbying so hard against Wi-Fi in schools here where we live in Byron Bay. And, you know, there's a policy where we live in New South Wales where it says that a tower has to be at least 500 metres away from a childcare centre or a school. And they were proposing 5G towers that were 200 metres away. So we were, you know, we were lobbying against it and rallying and peaceful protests and all that. And we actually managed to have australia's first moratorium here on a 5g upgrade but the thing is that people actually don't understand is that yeah that tower is off you know in in a, in a certain distance you know but there's an you know there's a handshake there's 900 handshakes per minute between the tower and your mobile phone right up to 900 times a minute and when you've got wi-fi in school right which is like a it's like a mini tower right there in front of you really and children their bone marrow absorbs 10 times you know 10 times more radiation than an adult because they've got thinner skulls they've got more water and you've got this you've got children and 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 parents thinking oh they've got behavioral issues attention deficits and all these things because they're bombarded with a radiation that they their bodies cannot cannot handle they absorb twice as much as an adult and in these really ridiculous safety guidelines they absorb 150% more than the dummy they're testing these standards on. So these children are the most vulnerable, you know, the most vulnerable because everywhere we go, we see a parent give, you know, an iPad or an iPhone to a child so they can have a a quick coffee with their friend or they can have an hour to clean the house Their kids are actually, you know, using a device. But what they don't realize is that when they take that device away, what's a usual reaction that they get? It's just like, You know, they're so wound up. And that's what we're seeing a lot in schools. And then the teachers are complaining to the parents that the parents have to do something about it. And so we've been educating the schools to say, you know, this is an issue with Wi-Fi. You can hardwire at this school. You can still have internet without Wi-Fi. And I have it now. Like, I'm on it right now. This is like an Ethernet cable. I don't have Wi-Fi on to have this conversation. I'm hardwiring. And that's easy for schools to do if they make that choice so that they don't need Wi-Fi with 30 iPads on kids' laps in one room. And, you know, this is absolutely unnecessary. So we're training these children to become sort of so conditioned with devices and, and losing so much of their innate health because their health, you know, they're losing their concentration, they're getting skin rashes, nosebleeds. There's so many studies that are showing that the children are so susceptible to damage and like you said, fertility as well. And what we're seeing instead is more push of children being on devices at home, a bigger push of, you know, in Australia, we have bring your own device where parents are being forced to take devices to, to school with their kids. So the way in which we learn, which was like through touching and feeling and conversations and, you know, the real world has become this artificial world of learning. And, and that is, that, that's a big, that's going to be a big price to pay if we don't start having conversations with our student, you know, with our parent bodies and our school principals and saying, you know what, they can have the internet, let's figure out a way that actually doesn't require them to be on it that much and without Wi-Fi. And that's a safe tech tip. Hardwire your homes. It's really, it's it's not as hard as people think. And it it's faster, it's more efficient, it's more reliable. And there's no there's no risk to to you know having any injury.
0: Yeah, I think that's crucial what you're saying as well is that um people are not going to call you you know you your anti this and this is you don't want you do want uh you know people to have internet you want all this of course you're not against it but it's just that the health impact like you said like i have the internet ethernet cable and to wire all this up and you can say it's faster and it's more reliable i know that myself so i mean there's definitely pluses we can do but some people go for this convenience of course of the the wi-fi scenario but if we can uh, you know just do what you're saying is is incredible you're not against the industry per se in, 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 what it is just a health impact. And this technology can be done, but do it in a bloody safe manner. So, um, yeah. Renee, I just like to finish on is, is right. you would actually like to say before to finish, because what, what I just want to get you to finish on basically is, um, you know, where can people find you? What can they do to help support you? I know you have a petition, a petition. I know actually on your website as well, you've actually a strategy kit, which is actually quite cool. I think there's about 40 pages, different areas and stuff you yeah. have on it, templates. And so tell people a small bit about that.
1: Yeah, so once, after we got the um, 5G moratorium here in the small town of Mullumbimby, we developed- Which was a our first, tender. wasn't
0: it? That was a first in Australia. That was the first in Australia.
1: And uh, we developed a 44 page strategy kit that takes you through all the steps and all the papers and everything that you can use in your own communities to get your moratorium. And then we saw places all over the world use that kit and start getting their moratorium, like even to Croatia, you know, all the other sides of the world. And it's been incredible. And the campaign is called we are not Sam and We have a petition on our website on wearenotsam.com and that is about boycotting 5G phones. Boycott messages right now, they're so crucial because we have to, as I said, draw the line in the sand and say, you know what, we are not upgrading to a 5G device, which basically is a remote control for this dystopian future. That's how they're testing the market. If people are going to buy into 5G devices, they're giving permission for this dystopian future. That is your remote control to say play or stop. And so we have a clear boycott 5G phones message until there is proper safety testing in place so that we can actually live in a world with safe technology. And so everything we advocate for is a safe use of technology, keeping devices off the body, using hardwired cables, not buying into 5G, which is going to create this future that we all don't want to be a part of. And so I really encourage you guys to get behind us on Instagram is probably where we're most active in social media. And that's um, one word, we are not Sam. And to sign our petition and to read up on Sam and to talk about it. I think, you know, marketing is based on ideas that spread. So if you can help us spread this, then we have a, a greater shot at changing it.
0: Right, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today and with a world of information, I think you're definitely going to resonate um with a lot of my audience and a lot of people as well. i will be taunt on the ground as well so I mean I just want to thank you for your time today and what you're offering and what you've you've made that actionable step forward um is just fantastic because a lot of people are you know, starting to wake up in what's going on at the moment. What I said to people is like, you have to get through the money waters. You have to go through all the negative stuff, unfortunately, but once you know, like I feel a responsibility on myself as well. Now that I'm awake for years and years, I feel I have that responsibility. I have to get out to the masses. Will everybody listen? Of course, not everybody's going to listen, but I've got, just got to keep penetrating that wall to see will will fall in some years, somewhere that would pass it on. If you only wake up one, it'll pass on like a domino effect. So um, no, it's, it's uh, the next step I feel after that is once you're aware, once you know what's going on, that response to me lies then is, okay, you need to cross the road next. You need to take the actionable step to move forward and actually do something about it instead of like, I don't want to look back and you're the very same. I know I don't want to look back in 10 years or 20 years time and you have kids and people around you and go, what did you do, Chris? Or what did you do in that in, you know? two thousand twenty 2021 20, and so on. Well, I sat there in my sitting room with my, you know, my muzzle on me or my baby nappy around my face and I basically sucked into my iPad all day long and I sat in my house and, and, I, and I shut up and I didn't, I didn't do anything about it, I just sat there. I mean, wow, I just this, this dystopian future that's ahead but all the you know the agenda 2030, 21 it goes so on and so on that's been around for a long time this is their big push this is what they, they've entered the room now in 2020, 21 they've shown their evil face now was now was a good time to face them down and say enough is enough and all it takes is humanity the answer is staring is right in the face from what I'm covering, what you're covering as well, I'm mean, gonna stare us right in the face, and it's simple, it's, a, it's simple, but people have that fear factor around them of this gathering together, all oh, we want because of authority. And that's how all this narrative is driven as well, It's simply by a four letter word fear. But I look at the other two letter uh, uh, words that have F in it as well, and it's freedom or fascism. And this is the one of the great awakening this year. And I, I choose freedom, like yourself and like many others, if they just can wake up to what it is. So. I want to just thank you on the the work you're doing um it's incredible and it's so enjoyable to have this conversation with you today
1: thank you chris i've really enjoyed myself and you've made me feel very welcome and um i enjoyed this so much that we'll have to do another one later down the track. definitely
0: definitely i was going to say that you yeah we definitely will have to keep us (laughs) in touch and up to date as to what's actually going on but um that's all for uh for today so um You've been listening and watching to Mind Wars, please like, share, subscribe. It really does help with getting the information, getting the message out there to the masses. If you like what we're saying, like what we're talking about, um, it's vital. This is your health at the end of the day. Just throw down all our differences, get the word out there, and we can people can make a change together. So thanks again. Until next time, we'll see you then.